0: i 'm glad to get to be over here for Sunday of the month and get to come and see each of you and uh, get to see you at other times when you 're over in traditional service for some reason but um, i want to I want to have us today focus on Transfiguration Sunday on what it means to turn our eyes upon Jesus what it truly means for us when we we 're going to listen to the accounting of the disciples story of Peter James and John as they went and they saw Jesus transfigured and he was in dazzling white and they got to see him in all his glory as the son of God. But also how we get to turn our eyes upon Jesus every single day and see how God is glorified and we get to see him in his glory in the world in which we live. And I think that's an important thing that we need to remember. It's an important witness that we as the church carry into the world regardless of the things that are going on around us. So I want to start with Matthew 17, verses 1 through 8, and recount this gospel message of the transfiguration. After six days, Jesus took with him Peter and James and John, his brother, and led them up a high mountain by themselves, and he was transfigured before them. And his face shone like the sun, and his clothes became white as light. listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell on their faces and were terrified. But Jesus came and touched them, saying, Rise and have no fear. And when they lifted up their eyes, they saw no one but Jesus only. I love this account of the gospel. It's all about the visual things that Peter, James, and John get to see, all about these the ways in which this man whom they've called their, their master, who has called the disciples, who has called them and taken them to share the word of God throughout every country and every neighborhood in which they have gone through has led them. And this man has become transfigured before them, and they see him in all his glory, Kids maybe get this story better than we do, even though it's a little bit complicated and hard to wrap our minds around. Think about it. When you were a kid, if there was a bag of toilet paper rolls, did you see toilet paper rolls? Or did you, what did you see? Did you see maybe binoculars or a telescope? Or even, I don't know, something to shoot some kind of weapon at your brother or sister. I don't know. Maybe a bird feeder. Kids have this way of, of taking and looking at ordinary things and seeing something extraordinary. A clothes basket can become a race car really, really quick. Especially if you have stairs. Amen? I've seen kids go down them in stairs and just held my breath. But, you know, they get it. They get it. What I would love to see us do as Noonan First for 2019, for every day of our life, is to see the face of Jesus in everyone we encounter. There's a great meme on Facebook that says, You will never look into the eyes of someone God does not love. Look at your neighbor. Look at your neighbor. Look around you. You're going to see the face of someone God loves. And even greater, you're going to see the face of someone who is made in the image of God. Whether it's the most attractive face in the world or the the least attractive face in the world, that is a face that is loved by God. That is a face that is created by God. And we are called to see the glory of God in the world around us. In Exodus 3, Moses meets God in a burning bush. Now, I don't know about y'all, I'd I'd probably pick up the phone and call 911 before I'd think God was talking to me. They didn't have 911 in Moses' day, but we don't know what his reaction was. He might have been calling for help from somebody to bring water to put out the bush, but um, in it he saw and communicated with God. Emily Dickinson said these words, Earth is crammed with heaven and every common brush of fire with God but only he who sees takes off his shoes the rest sit around it and pick blackberries what do we see in every common bush every common piece of creation do we see God in it do we proverbially take off our shoes and think about what God may be saying to us, or do we sit around and pick at the blackberries? Moses was still objecting to God, saying, I can't talk, I can't do these things. God, why are you picking me? Why me? God made him for that purpose. God preserved him as an infant for that purpose. And yet he had to grow in his faith and his relationship with God, and I think we're called to grow in that faith as well, because when he calls on us, often we say, "You mean somebody else, God?" And I've done it many, many times um, just just this this week i've I've sort of stayed silent on some things, and i've I've heard God telling me it's time for you to speak up, it's time for you to speak up, and i you know, I'm still, I'm still wrestling with God on that because I'm not sure I'm the voice for that. But God is speaking and saying, it is time for you to speak up. And he may be saying that to some of you as well. It is time for you to speak up or stand up or be the voice of hope. Our bishop has um, given a great order to clergy. One of the things she said that we should do in our work is go to the movies. I love her for that. Oh, it's awesome. But one of the reasons she says that is our society's concerns and our fears are addressed in movies. It's, it's been a theme in cinema over the years. I mean, we, met, we learned many, many lessons through television and movies. One of the lessons that, um, that I learned through the crocodile hunter, Steve Irwin, who remembers him? Steve Irwin, yeah, he could look at the ugliest crocodile in the world and go, isn't she gorgeous? And I'd be going, no, thank you. Not gorgeous to me. I don't want anything to do with that. But he's going, she's a beauty. I do a terrible Australian accent. Um, in, in the movie Twister about tornadoes, there are some scientists who are marveling and they say, oh, this looks like an F5. And somebody says, what is an F5? And he said, it's the finger of God. Majesty of God in creation. And a river runs through it. One of the two boys um, in this film, is, it, they're, they're sons to a Presbyterian minister. And one, one son is very straight-laced and, and very well-mannered. And he, he does everything he's supposed to. He becomes an English lit professor. And the other son um, runs into a life of gambling and drinking and causing trouble and He's a journalist, and he does all these things to cause trouble, and he comes to an untimely, violent demise in the film. And at the end, as his father is reflecting on his life, he says, oh, oh, Polly. For all he was, he was beautiful. He sees his son, who was so broken and so adventurous, And he sees the beauty and even the darkness in his son's life. One of my favorite movies, The Greatest Showman, um, is one in which P.T. Barnum's life is told. And it talks about um, his life as a child. After his father died, he was in an alley. He was hungry. He had no food. He had no money. He had no provision. And a disfigured woman about this tall comes up and hands him an apple and she extends to him a hand of grace and he sees what a beautiful person she is and as he grows up and comes into the life of building a circus he begins to see the beauty in people who aren't quite like everybody else in the bearded lady in the giant Irishman, who isn't really Irish, it just markets well. But he sees the beauty in the the little colonel, the dwarf who rides and headlines the show. And he teaches them their worth so much that they take a stand and say, you know what, I am worth something. I am amazing. and This is something worth celebrating. Louis Armstrong's song um, just really encompasses this view of the world and creation that I believe we're called to, one of a lens of transfiguration in, in his song, "What a Wonderful World." He says, "I see trees of green, red roses, too. I see them bloom for me and you." And I think to myself, "What a wonderful world. I see skies of blue and clouds of white, the bright, blessed day and the dark, sacred night." And I think to myself, what a wonderful world. The colors of the rainbow so pretty in the sky are also on the faces of people going by. I see friends shaking hands, saying, how do you do? And they're really saying, I love you. I hear babies cry. I watch them grow. They'll learn much more than I'll ever know. And I think to myself, what a wonderful world. The world around us is wonderful, even in the dark, sacred, horrible night. Many of us walk through a dark journey of the soul, a dark night of the soul, and we wonder, why should we be optimistic? It's, it's time to just give up. It's over. It's done. have to believe that God is a merciful God, though. He loves us. He sent his son, Jesus, to face the darkest enemy we would know, which is sin, which can plague us, which can take us down and separate us from him in ways that, that are horrible. When God is behind us, when we, when we put our faith in him, we can see his hand in our struggles. We can see his hand in the way that the world unfolds. The Apostle Paul said, We are sorrowful yet always rejoicing. We are poor yet making many rich. We have nothing yet we possess all things. He also said rejoice always, always. Not just when the sky is out and it's not going to be a rainy day. Not just when things are going well in your life. Not just when... Things have turned out the way you want them to. But always, everybody knows a person like St. Paul. At least I hope you do. (laughs) That regardless of the thorn in their side, they see the world full of God's grace and love. And they know that God is on his throne and it is okay. And everything is going to be okay. I have a friend who loves telemarketers. You heard me. He loves telemarketers. How many of you love telemarketers? I cannot raise my hand. But he does. He takes it as an opportunity to brighten their day because he knows the kind of reception that they get on a regular basis. He's not going to put his his little girl on the phone and say, Tell him the story of Cinderella, honey, about three times. I'll be back. He'll talk to him. He'll tell him. He'll say, "You know, I hope you have a great day. I know you're working really hard. You probably hadn't had a lot of success, but you know, I, I appreciate the fact that you're you're out there and you're working and you're doing your thing." I can't imagine being the telemarketer on the other end of that. If you uh, watch The Simpsons, you know that Ned Flanders says mosquitoes are fun to scratch. See. Give you a little itch. He has a different look on things. Corey Ten Boom. Many of you may know of her through, um, through the Holocaust. She um, was in a Jewish concentration camp, and the part of the camp that she was in was filled with fleas. And every day, she thanked God for the fleas. Now, I can't imagine thanking God for fleas. But what she said is, it kept their persecutors away because they didn't want to come get involved with the fleas. So God sent these little annoying creatures to come and set up camp that they they might be spared. You know, when we have a good day... It's so easy to just get wrapped up in it. Something goes easier than usual. Maybe you take your car in, and instead of getting a bill, the person who's fixed it says, don't worry about it, I got it. Just, I want you to go on your day and have a a good day. Or maybe you've lost something, your wallet, and it's found, and it's got all the cash in it. Maybe you find out a friend is coming to visit, or you stand on the scale and find out you've lost 10 pounds who knows it's just as easy to let that contagious spirit happen with a negative day when we get up and we spill our coffee or we forget our computer password and can't get in and spend half a day just trying to figure out the computer password that we then remember we changed a month earlier or you do have a flat tire and aren't quite figuring out where it's gonna come from how we look at the world that lens of transfiguration has a lot to do with how we look at our faith in God when we look and we see God and we see the power of what Jesus Christ can do in our life and we see him for who he truly is and we recognize that This is God's Son with whom God is well pleased, and we are to listen to Him and listen to the hope that He brings us and the mercy that He brings us and approach the day knowing that the world around us is a gift of God's creation. You are a gift of God's creation. This afternoon, go look in the mirror. You're going to see the face of someone God loves. Someone God created for a very real and specific purpose. In closing, I want to share with you some words from a great theologian, Forrest Gump. Um, He had some really, really insightful things in in his movie that taught me a lot. One is that life is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. That's right. But hey, it's chocolate, right? In his interactions with Lieutenant Dan, no matter what happened, he's like, okay, Lieutenant Dan, let's do it. And there was one little piece in that film that just over and over again, without words, reminded us of the outlook that he had. That little feather that would float throughout the film... It's kind of like grace he didn't need to control it. it followed him throughout his life, and it landed where it landed and he would simply smile, knowing that life was unfolding, and it was a gift. Peter, James, and John all went to that mountaintop they got carried away with the celebrity of Moses and Elijah and and they they all got caught up in it and they almost missed the glorification of Jesus Christ right before them. We can get caught up in a lot of things in our day-to-day. My prayer is that we will turn our eyes on Jesus, let him be our focus, and see the world through his eyes. Would you pray with me. Lord we come before you this day asking that on this Transfiguration Sunday that you would open our eyes to you, that you would open our hearts to you and that you would have us see in the ordinary, the extraordinary things that you are doing in this world. That we would see the beauty in everything around us. That whether life is good, bad, ugly, or in between, that your hand is in it. That you are guiding steps, that you are calling us to step out, that you are calling us to be your disciples. Lord, as we come to this table today, we ask you would just pour your spirit out you have poured out on the, the, the bread and the cup, that you have poured out on us, that you would remind us of the words of your son, Jesus, who broke that bread and gave thanks to you, who raised the cup and gave thanks to you and reminded the disciples then and us now that he is making a new covenant, giving himself so that we would have life and have it abundantly. We give thanks for your son, Jesus Christ, and for the mystery of all that you are, may we see you in the world around us. Amen.